What did you eat for breakfast? <laughs> Alex, I don't eat breakfast. <laughs> it's hard to eat breakfast when you wake up at 10 o'clock. Because oh, then I you don't want lunch. Day. And then if you eat, or you eat a late lunch, and then you don't want dinner. You have brunch, though. That's the perfect brunching time. I guess you can call. Actually, I had, like, sausage and bacon around. It was closer to, like, a lunch time, though. Are you recording? Yes. Excellent. One time I was visiting my parents' house, and it was, like, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and I found some bacon in my parents' fridge, and I started making some bacon. Uh-huh. And my mom came into the kitchen, and she was like, isn't bacon for breakfast? And I turned around and said, Mom, bacon is for when you're hungry. Yeah, I, I like making like little sausage sandwiches with bacon on them. Mm, that's a, that's a go-to for Danny brunch. Do you know how to make biscuits? Do you make biscuits? I scratch? don't make biscuits. No, I just put it throw it on bread. It wouldn't shock me if that was like the thing you knew how to make, though. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because you don't cook like at all, right? You're, like, oh you're yeah, not a person that likes to cook. No, not at all. But so, but it would not shock me if you're like, well, I don't cook, but I make biscuits and gravy. Like <laughs> that seems like a very <laughs> yeah, biscuits and gravy. That's like yeah, that's that's definitely a staple in my diet. <laughs> I think the thing that I miss most about school is biscuits and gravy day. Every Wednesday they had biscuits and gravy in the cafeteria. In um, high school, not in college. No, no, right? no. When I was no, I'm teaching. Sorry. So, oh, okay. Oh, when you're okay. I thought I'd like missed out on a biscuits yep, and yep. gravy party when I was in college when nobody invited me. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Every Wednesday at this my most recent school was biscuits and gravy morning. That's grav day, as we would refer to it in the grav band room. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go get your grav before school starts. And then you'd feel like the earth pulling a little extra grav on you for the rest of the day. <laughs> Jim Gaffigan has a bit about biscuits and gravy where he's like, it's the perfect breakfast. Let's have some cement. <laughs> I cook eggs. That might be like the best thing that I like actually have to like cook, cook. Like I can do a How decent you... omelet. Omelets. That's like the advanced form of eggs. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So like if, yeah, if there's something that I can cook, that, that would be at the top of the list. If I had to cook for someone. Are you aware of the video that's gone around? A lot of people have copied it now, but it's uh, like the best way to make an egg sandwich. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. All right. So I want to imagine you're, so you're about to make an omelet. So you've already got like your egg scrambly milky mixture going. Sure. Mm-hmm. And you take your pan and you just smother it in butter. It's mm-hmm. just, it's such a buttery pan, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And you get your heat, you know, not too hot. This is going to be like a, we're going we're gonna to get like a thoroughly cooked here. So probably even like a little lower than you would normally do for an omelet. Uh-huh. Um, but still, you want it pretty hot. So then you pour all that eggy goodness in there and you get yourself a, you know, a little pseudo omelet happening. You know, maybe a mixture between an omelet and a scrambled egg going. But before it gets too cooked, you throw on some two pieces of bread. And okay. as soon as you throw it on the egg, 
you immediately flip that those pieces of bread back over again. So you're almost like in like French toast TV sure. bread, yeah, right? Yeah. But it's cooking right on the eggs mm-hmm. as the egg is cooking. Mm, sounds and great. As, yeah, I know, right? You're feeling this? Okay, here's the tricky part. Right as the egg is about to be at that, uh, you know, not quite done yet, but you know it's going to keep cooking after you take it off, so you're about to flip it. So you flip that sucker over. The bread is now down on the bottom, and the egg is over it. Uh-huh. So you start folding the egg on top of it so that it's not coming over the edge of the bread. And here's where you get crazy. If you want to get a slice of cheese in there, this is where you slice the cheese. <laughs> you throw that slice of cheese on there, or I don't know, maybe you want to get crazy. Some mushrooms, some pepperoni, Whoa. some sausage. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, here we go. And then you flip one piece of bread over to the other, and all the egg is now in the middle of your perfect sandwich, and you are now toasting the bottom piece of bread that has the egg slight drip over it, so it's going to get that nice like French toasty texture on it. Then you flip the whole thing over. You now have like a perfect fried egg sandwich. Wow. Yeah, that's beautiful. Mm, it's satisfying. Satisfying. <laughs> I'm pulling up our chess game. Oh I'm no! Take a look at this. Yeah, it's I, got, it got man, ugly real fast. Oh, so I don't know if that last episode is going to get released. So let's go ahead and recap for the listener where we are. In my hubris, I thought I would offer Danny a draw in our 14daychess.com chess game. I felt it was a pretty drawish position. Would you agree that at the time that I offered the draw, it was a pretty drawish position? Yeah, but I had it set in my mind. I was like, no. No, we're not taking a draw. Let's, let's make this interesting. Now let's 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 call a spade a spade. How much of it was that you weren't going to take a draw, and how much of it was you're like Alex could still screw this up? No, no, it <laughs> it, it was more of I just want to play it out and see what happens. It had nothing to do with like you might screw it up. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> All right. So uh, can you? I don't know if you can hear my uh, chess moves happening. In here, but uh, so let's we're gonna we're gonna push the link to this in the show notes. Beautiful. <clears throat> so the it doesn't say where I did the the draw offer. Are you looking at it too? Yep. I'm gonna say I offered the draw right after I played twenty six rook g seven check. Maybe. Yeah, it looks pretty close to yeah somewhere around there. Or cause normally when you're playing chess, you have to offer the draw instead of taking your move, and then you wait for them to respond. But on chess.com, I think you can just offer the draw whenever your move, their move, whatever you want. Yeah, anyway. I'd say I'd say that's a pretty safe guess. I can't picture anywhere else. Yeah, it, it may have been one. It may have been at the end of move twenty six. It may have been before I did rook to e seven again, or maybe it was after rook twenty seven, rook e seven. That may have been it. The the big thing being your move h five at move twenty seven was like required. Yep. And I felt this ended up being pretty drawish, and I really screwed up with knight to g five. And so this is what happened. Uh, but our last episode that will probably never be released because I'm boring. But 
it i i had thought there was a draw and you you didn't take the draw and then i made this and you're like well that move looks pretty suspect and well it turns out in in a shocking for no one <laughs> situation that danny is of course right this was a terrible move that i shouldn't have done right isn't that the move that's the move i shouldn't have done which one are you looking at uh, I think it was uh, knight to g5. Isn't that the bad move? No, knight g5 is fine. No, that's the good move. It's um, it was knight to h6. That's the bad move. Yeah, knight to h6 is the yeah. I, instead of instead of doing knight to h6, I should have just gone ahead and taken the rook, traded off rooks. Yep. And get my pawn I, after that, and mm-hmm. then we're still looking then, at a draw. I think. Yeah, I think the bishop might have advantage in some way, but I don't, but think, I don't think you have enough to work yeah. with it to really yeah. take advantage of it. It certainly would leave a lot fewer ways for me to screw up. Like, yeah. <laughs> <Agreed>. well, <laughs> but even, instead, even before you got to the the knight to f seven move, if you would have mm-hmm. pushed that pawn, uh, the f four, yeah. I think that would that's what I was expecting actually. Oh yeah. I didn't know what I was going to do after that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm just a bad chess player. and <laughs> Well, I mean, the the moves you made were clearly like, I, wanna, I, I think this is, I can force a draw here. Mm-hmm. But I don't, you didn't expect my king to come out and attack your rook. Yeah, I, well, I think also I, uh, when I did finally make the, that mistake move of knight a6, I, um, it was, I just didn't even see bishop g5. Like, I just completely missed that fork. Yeah. It, like, just, in a like, is the dumbest thing of my own. Like, I just, when I was calculating things out, I'm like, oh, I think now I can actually win the pawn, but then keep my rook on this rank. And, like, I think we can make something happen here, but I just miscalculated it completely. Yeah, it happens. It happens, especially with me. So, actually, no, this could be interesting. Let's just, do you want to just finish the game if we're both sitting here talking? Because, like, I'm not going to win this. <laughs> I guess. Who cares? And then we can start a new game. We'll both have a lot more fun. So you did king to e8. Uh, For the listener, we're currently at move 37. We're going to edit all this out. This is all going to go away. (laughs) This is the wrong game. This game. Oh, I wasn't doing an analysis board. I was just clicking around like an idiot. Just like how I play. Uh, okay, um, this is probably the wrong thing to do. But again, I've given up. I don't care. Uh, okay. So for the listener, I just played 38, A5. There we go. And I'm playing king to D8. Chess.com isn't refreshing on time. Aha, now you've played king to D8. Says you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was almost bad. <laughs> almost played rook to g7. <laughs> I was I was half expecting it, to be honest. <laughs> I <laughs> I think it was a previous topic of conversation of at what point in chess playing do you stop hanging pieces? <laughs> <laughs> We're not there yet. <laughs> I'm certainly not. Uh, so I know, like in actual, like tournament play, a, a tier of play is something around 400 rating points. Like a 1400 player should always beat a 1000 player. Okay. Um, 
99.9997% of the time, something. Okay. Uh, I don't know if that's the, the same, um, like, standard deviation in chess.com world. Yeah. But it, uh, I guess it, it wouldn't shock me if it's about the same, even though, like, chess.com ratings are kind of inflated over that. Yeah. I feel like my rating's super inflated because the only person I play is you. <laughs> so you're just taking all my points <laughs> but uh i just want to remark that so you're sitting at 1726 and i'm sitting at 1546 so i think that means that you should win about two out of every three games ish that's your expected result against me hmm. Oh. So, uh, since we're talking and playing chess, this reminds me of my uh, the time I was the worst friend in the world. Uh, <laughs> do you not want me to tell the story in public? Oh, no, tell it. It's hilarious. So, um, we always had our... This wasn't even a beer chess game, though. Like we, we used to always have a tradition of playing beer chess, which is where you drink beer and play chess at the same time. Not in any kind of regimented way. You just... To have an excuse to get together and drink beer, you play chess and you bring a chessboard to the bar. But uh, we did that a lot. And in that, I think we fostered an environment of a healthy amount of smack talk. Sure. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Uh, Where it was just kind of expected. Like, you know, we're not Washington Square Park chess hustlers, but we got to pretend to be one while we drank some beer. And in those times when we're playing Blitz, we probably more trade off about even, right? Yeah, definitely. And there was, I was going through a slump. There, there was a time where I was not holding up my even that I expected of myself. But then a game came about where uh, I really let loose into the smack talk part of it, where... Danny basically had the win in hand and I started talking about how it's, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stop. We're going to keep, we're going to play it out. This is yours to lose. We're in here. And that was, and that ended up being the phrase that I was just stuck on. This game is yours to lose. I'm going to, I'm going to keep playing. We're going to see how this happens. Can you screw it up? You're going to screw it up. This is, this game is yours to lose. And, um, I got in his head. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, that's it. Uh, and it was Danny's to lose. <laughs> and I forget exactly what it was. I think it was probably uh, just a bad combination where like, you thought you were giving up a pawn for a winning position or something like that, but it ended up being a... I think it was something like that. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't exactly remember like what happened the moments after, but I do know we didn't play chess again for like a year. <laughs> <laughs> I, got so, I think I left immediately. I think I was like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was, I think that's probably about right is you know, like maybe we were, we weren't sure when we were going to stop playing chess and you were, but you were going to go home when we were done and you're like, uh, that's it. This is yep. it. And yeah, and then it was, it was a solid year. I was like, I'm not playing chess with you ever again. Yeah. <laughs> and we, and neither of us said that. No, like, it just, it just happened. <laughs> it just happened. We just didn't play chess again. <laughs> and I think I was scared to, uh, ask about it. <laughs> That's too funny. Um, yeah, that was that was a dark time in our friendship, and we couldn't even <laughs> play chess together. 
You're not. How am I gonna pull this one out? I'm gonna have to think this one through just a little bit. I mean, you're up three points here. Well, <laughs> you've got some options. <laughs> yeah, I think you should find a way to to drop your bishop just for fun. <laughs> Remember when I was in a phase of like I was just constantly trading a bishop for a pawn all the time. All the time, yeah. <laughs> it was like if I can play bishop takes f7. Oh, buddy, now it's a game. Ugh, I don't know how to do this. See, end games are still not my strength at all. Well, good. So this is leveling the playing field. We're going to move back to our draw's position through intimidation. <laughs> <laughs> Let me put you under the spotlight. Something. Tell you what, if if for some reason like something really screws up in this, then I'll resign uh, oh, well, that's no like. fun. We'll, get, wanna... we'll get to the point where I've secured my draw, and then I'll resign. <laughs> <laughs> I want to win for real, though. It's a puzzle, Alex. This is legit a puzzle at this point. Yeah, but I like... Wanna, I want to solve it. The reality is, I should have resigned as soon as you played Don't Bishop care. G5 earlier. <laughs> <Don't care. laughs> like, I should have seen that and gone like, well, I'm done. <laughs> Yeah, let's just come back to this at some other point. Because I, okay. I really want to think about this. I don't know if I want to trade these pawns. I don't know. I don't know. I have so many options. Okay. Well, I'm still <laughs> going to put the link to the game in the show notes. Um, yeah. And people can find out how this turns out. For the record, <laughs> I just played 44 Rook G8. And uh, we'll see if we can get the stunning conclusion. We'll see what happens. So we played D&D this weekend. Heck yeah, we did. It was a great session. Yeah. I really enjoyed that. You know, it's funny because we're supposed to be in this gothic horror setting. You know, it's Curse of Strahd. Mm -hmm. um, but then we're just cracking jokes and laughing <laughs> it up. <laughs> Our characters are genuinely terrified and we think it's hilarious. Yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah. It was just the constant in and out of character. Like, in character, oh, out of character. <laughs> and then it was our first session, too. So yeah, it was, first session. It was nice. New characters do everything. It was nice meeting all the new characters. Well, I think so. Our our dungeon master is Amber, my wife, and before we started playing this, she said, "I think you all need to get a little meta and make sure that your crew of characters actually like works well together and can like accomplish things." <laughs> That's paid off really fast, I think. Yeah, yeah. Like, because even our group is not known for really being strategic at all, right? Like normally, no, not like, oh, a, not at all, not in the least. We just run in and let's start attacking. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Let's go kill that thing. Yeah, <laughs> let's see if it has treasure. <laughs> I mean, we, so the one of the it was our, probably our second encounter. Uh, there was a house, and like we had this bright idea. Let's let's send our monk up to the third floor by herself. While we go in through the front door, that makes no sense. Like, why did we do that? That was so dumb. <laughs> no, I stand by that. I think that was a great call. I think um, it was, why? Why? Because what we that? didn't know where the danger was. And none of the rest of us were going to get up there. 
Yeah, so we send her and we wait for her to come back. Why do we go in? There's it made no sense for us to go in too. Oh, I guess I hadn't. I was just <laughs> <laughs> they made absolutely no sense. And you guys started heading in. I was like, well, I guess I'm going too. <laughs> well, okay. So my thought had been there's clearly gonna something is up. Well, and sure. So obviously. We, we, and I thought that if we came in from multiple directions, that meant that whatever is kind of like in there is going to happen from one side and then the other will be able to come from the other. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then like there'd be diversion and like, you know, she's a monk, not a rogue. So yeah. distractions could be useful. And I kind of thought like we just get this like multi multivariate approach to the house. Oh, such a bad idea. <laughs> such a bad idea. And I was going to say that, like, it turned out fine because the monk, she was able to kind of just jump off the balcony anyway. But I take your point that if she was the lone person in the house, she could have done that, too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then we all could have been together to fight the armor alone, the one thing by itself. And then we could have fought the one, the other one thing by itself. Yeah. Instead of it all getting mashed together. <laughs> But, you know, only one person died and came back. <laughs> it was close, though. I actually one of, our, one of our wizards had three maximum hit points at one point. I yeah. saved him. I'm playing a cleric, and I cast the Sanctuary, and that was the only thing that saved him. If he would have got hit, like, he could have, like, uh, could have been the end of the character. Because oh, if you lose so more hit that. points than your max, like... That would have been yeah. so great to have a character die in the first session. <laughs> I was doing everything I could to prevent that. I've died in one-offs before, and this would be even better than that. You know, now like, I think of it, I don't think I've... I don't think you've I've never died. No. I don't think you've ever died. Well, I'm talking, like, ever. Like, in my whole... Like, even outside of our group. Yeah. I've That's died many times. I'm always dying. <laughs> I remember in our Out of the Abyss campaign, there was... It was that near party wipe, and I ended up saving a couple people. Yeah, because didn't you turn into some kind of worm or something to go underground? It was uh, Earth Elemental, and I like yeah. buried some people away from like their their bodies away, <laughs> yeah, and stabilized them from yeah, this you... big bad that just wrecked us all. And of course, you picked like the original party members. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what that's what you do. True. True. But yeah, I'm really excited for this game. I don't know how you're feeling about it, but oh, I'm loving it. Yeah, yeah it, that I, first session was so good. I think the setting is really cool. I'm excited to learn about Barovia. Barovia. Yeah, I think that the whole crew did a very good job of having enough investment in their characters that it just seemed like everybody was really trying hard. And it just yeah. you could tell, and the the energy at the table was really good, and. You know, we had some really good roles and some really bad roles, and there was a lot of hooks, and we took most of them, but not all of them. And the ones that we took, like, were – I mean, I, I assume there were hooks that we didn't take. There, there were ones that seemed like hooks that we didn't take, right? I mean, and, I can't I, – I don't recall. But this Well, most of the way, there was, like, a big creepy forest thing that seemed to be inviting us in, and we're just like, we are not going into the big creepy forest. Yeah, I think, I think you would have to have a pretty reckless party to do that. Most of us, most of our characters seem pretty pretty down to earth and sensible. Mm -hmm. 
I, I still. So there's also like a sense of mystery to what's going on. Uh, I guess sorry if everyone is planning on playing the Curse of Strahd campaign. Uh, it, well, you're you're probably gonna die because that's what I felt like we we're gonna do the entire time. But I don't know which parts of this are actually part of the official campaign or which parts are just uh, our crew or what our DM is doing. Um, but when we were on the road and we meet this uh, creature that seemed to respond like a Kenku in the way it talked, but it was humanoid and just seemed to have lots of creepy things to say. Like I kind of still wonder if there was something that we missed in that conversation that could have been helpful. Yeah, that's true. I guess that is one hook that we probably, probably didn't get everything we could have out of that. Yeah. Like there was probably something that we should have like shown them the letter and see what they do or something sure. like that. Yeah. It just reminds me of like King's Quest. Do you know those video games? I don't, no. So these were like it, it was post text adventure, um but like I guess just before like Mist. Um, okay. So pre Mist, but kind of in that same vein where you're kind of like just looking at these little scenes and clicking around, there's little puzzles. Yeah. But I remember in King's Quest five, there's a part where like you're in an inn in like this snowy mountain area and you get a hot pie, but then you need to keep that pie for later <laughs> when there's like a Yeti that comes barreling down at you and you have to throw the pie at the Yeti. <laughs> and there are many times on this mountain where it seems like a good idea to eat the pie. But if you eat that pie, you're not getting past the Yeti period. <laughs> End of story. <laughs> like that's the only way past this Yeti. That's hilarious. And I'm just waiting to figure out that I was like, oh, that was actually the famous wizard, blah, blah, blah. And you were supposed to show him <laughs> that you had talked to the historian. And then we, you we, had, we then, ate our pie. Yeah, we right, ate our we pie. We ate the pie. Damn it. We ate the pie, and now we're just never going to win. Like, that's why. We won't find out for another 10 levels. That's why we didn't save the baby, obviously. Clearly. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That moment when. <laughs> <laughs> when the monk was like, there is no baby, and then the little kids watching her like, ah! <laughs> we <were laughs> what do you mean there's no baby? <laughs> we were rolling. Oh my goodness. What I love is that uh, Amber is now fully equipped to do um, impressions of people four years old and younger. <laughs> She's very good at those. <laughs> very good at that, Uh, when I say the word sabbatical, what do you think of? Like a professor at a college taking a break to do research. Some universities and other institutional employers of scientists, physicians, and academics do offer the opportunity to qualify for paid sabbatical as an employee <coughs> benefit called sabbatical leave. Some companies offer unpaid sabbatical for people wanting to take career breaks. Okay, Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> Got me. Um, you had a very clear tone shift there. Oh, kind of gave, just... gave it away. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to get you at some point. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. Well, okay. So I've been telling people that I'm on sabbatical. Yeah. Because that sounds way better than I was so stressed out and burnt out during a pandemic and trying to work full time and parent full time all together. And I decided something had to give. <laughs> yeah. like sabbatical sounds much nicer and much cleaner uh-huh. and just like 
it, it, I think it's got a good phrase of like, don't ask me questions about this. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Most definitely. <laughs> uh, but I heard a podcast this week, uh, which I'll put in show notes. It's on a podcast called focused, uh, where they talk about a lot of stuff in kind of the pound sign productivity circles of better calendaring and to do checklists and meetings and such all in the name of giving yourself some space and margin so that you can like really think hard about the stuff that needs thinking and like really create when it's time to create that kind of vein. Yeah. They interviewed with a guy that, um, Actually, it's not clear to me exactly what he does. He's probably like a blogger. I don't I don't know what he does. But he uh he he's a big proponent of now of sabbaticals, which he just defines as time that you set aside where you aren't allowed to schedule things. So hmm. like if you told me, "Hey Alex, I want to go play golf on this Thursday when there's a discount." And we're going to go plan a day of it, but it's in three weeks. And I look at my calendar and I see I'm on sabbatical. Some people would say, that's perfect. I've got free time, right? There's yeah. there's no work or anything. Let's go play golf. His point would say, ah, ah, ah. Three weeks from now, when you're on sabbatical, you don't know what you actually need to like rest or take time off or feel good from. So don't you dare schedule your golf thing. But mm-hmm. if that day comes up and you feel like playing golf, talk about it that day and go play golf yeah yeah but you could do that any of those days on sabbatical like and Mm. he defines it as like do it uh with 20 24 hours or less notice Hmm. yeah that's that's kind of a cool idea yeah i think it's a cool idea new new perspective and i'm wondering if i can just retroactively decide that's what i'm gonna do right now since i've been saying i'm on sabbatical (laughs) i mean very few people are trying to schedule things with me anyway so I could just start saying, like, listen, I, I don't schedule things on sabbatical. <laughs> <laughs> I've, been, I've been living this last month by one principle, and it's that I don't schedule things. 24 hours at a time. 24 hours. If you want me to do something, 24 hours notice. That's it. No more. <laughs> Tell that to our D&D Do you feel like the word sabbatical puts pressure on you to, like, achieve something more? Oh, no, the opposite. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's part of why also I kind of was drawn to that word. Um, part of it. I mean, I I just, it felt like the word for the time. It it wasn't right to say that I was like going to go back to freelancing because I wasn't wanting anybody to ask me to do freelancing stuff. And I didn't feel like it was right to say that like, Oh yeah, I'm going to be a full-time dad because I was like, Oh, I'm going to be full-time dad until daycare is available again. And then like, we're going to figure it out from that. I might still do full-time dad for a little while. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and so because I hadn't made a decision of what life was going to look like after whatever this is, I wanted to find some way of telling people like, I'm just kind of figuring it out. Like, I'm just, I'm just going to be in a holding pattern for a little while and be okay with that. Sure. And like the two of us are in very similar situations here, except, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't have the the stay at home dad stuff. I'm literally just bachelor at home doing nothing. So nice. It is. It really is. Uh, do you feel like you're being productive still? Um, in terms of like creating anything, no. I um. Okay, so uh, there's, okay, here's a few things that I'm, I'm about to just I'm about to go. 
You ready to Let's go? go? Here Let's we go. go. Let's, I'm done. Pro, I'm prodding this. Yeah. Okay. Here's here's I got three things on this. Three. Ready? So thing mm-hmm. the first. Um. I. Okay. Okay, let's take you back in time. Our, my fa- what is my favorite brewery? Oh, Jesus. Why are you doing this to me? I don't know. Great Flood? Great Flood Brewing Flood? Company, specifically yeah. the Highlands Tap Room at Douglas Loop. Uh, my favorite piece of art of all time <laughs> had hung at this tap room. Do you remember right. what this piece of art was, Danny? <laughs> it was a cock. <laughs> it was a cock. It was a rooster. It was staring right at you. And every time I saw it, I said, I'm going to buy that rooster painting. I'm going to buy it. I love that rooster. It's so good. But it was something like $85, which in the art world, not really a big deal. And actually, for someone that has the kind of job that I typically have, also not really a big deal. But it was just enough that it makes me go, do I really want to spend $85 tonight when I've been drinking on something that I'm not going to die if I don't have it? Well, somebody eventually bought that cock, and I have lived with regret ever since. And I still have, I took a picture of the painting, and I have it on my phone, and I still look at it and I go, you know what? If there's ever been a piece of art that I should have gotten, I should have gotten that piece of art. All that Wait, what, to say. Yeah, what's the connection here? We're going to bring it back. We're going okay. to bring it right back. But I got to put that image in your mind. I am looking at in front of me a piece of art that I purchased from an internet webcomic artist who does these awesome drawings of um, mostly birds, but um, woodland creatures, but mostly birds. And the one I'm looking at is done, I think it's done like in blue pen, like a, probably even just like a Bic pen. It's not even like an art pen, like a blue ballpoint pen. And it's this, um, here, let me see if I'll find you the image so you can look at the image. Sorry, I, sk- I skipped to the end there. I bought this print because I was not going to miss this opportunity again. When a piece yeah. of art speaks to you now, I've learned, you buy the art. And the cool thing is, um, I think I may have been the last person to get one of these prints before they actually stopped selling prints because of the pandemic. Mm. Yes. So this is a comic from False Knees, which I'll put in the show notes. This bird in the comic says, ugh, I didn't accomplish anything today. And then it like kind of looks up and says, another day squandered, forever lost to time. No singular event to dredge this day from future memory. And then it kind of looks forward and says, it was almost perfectly, beautifully wasted. And it kind of ends with this, this big close-up of the bird looking right at you. And I have that piece of art on my desk now. And I found it to be a wonderful most days reminder of like, that's kind of what I'm doing right now. Like it's not worth any of these days to like question whether it was productive or not. Like I, I'm just racking up good days right now. I've had enough days that were bad. I'm just, it's okay if they're beautifully wasted so long as they're beautiful. Nice. It's very poetic. Yeah. So that's point the first is I'm not really trying to be productive. I'm just trying to have good days. Um, yeah. Point the second. Um, if I do have any kind of productivity that I am measuring, 
it is with regards to health and fitness. Okay. And my main thing that I want to stay on top of with that is I had a really great habit of going to the gym um, from like September to February. Then when work got tough at, because I had a really big project throughout February to early March and then the pandemic hitting that really fell off. And I, one of my things that actually got me thinking like, Oh, you know, maybe I can't just do everything I actually want to do. Something's got to give. And I think that thing's going to be the job Yeah, was looking at, I had gone something like 18 days without doing any kind of exercise. And to me, that was like, like, that's what a person that doesn't exercise does. That's not Mm -hmm. like a, you know, falling back a little bit. That's just like, you're not doing it. You're not doing the thing. Yeah. yeah. And I said, we got to snap out of this. So it was just kind of like, I gave two weeks notice and then went to the gym right afterwards. Nice. Like, and it wasn't so sudden, but it felt like that. It felt like I realized I wasn't working out, saw that that was the last thing I needed to know because I feel like that's actually, if there's anything I need to fix in my life, that's it is my own health. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have a terminal disease, but I, uh, I, I had the family history that says I'm going to have some form of chronic disease sooner rather than later. Sure. And I need to do everything I can to hedge against that. Yeah. If I want to watch my kid grow up, if I want to have a healthy life, like I, this is the time to fix it. There's not going to be a better time. So sure. yeah. it's a priority for me. And yeah. I've been going to the gym five times a week ever since my job ended. Um, nice. Like without fail, <laughs> yeah. I've shifted the days a little bit, but in general, Monday through Wednesday, and then on Friday and Saturday, I'm doing a pretty intense workout. Nice, yeah. So that's yeah, I, I would definitely throw that in like the productive category. That's super productive. Yeah, yeah. I think we had this conversation. It was before the pandemic, even about how sometimes we feel we feel dumber like we we're we're supposed to be like the 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 smart people right that's what right. we are yeah yeah we're overachievers and that kind of goes hand in hand with the product productivity right we're supposed to be doing things and achieving things and so like i kind of had the same thought with uh just my mind i need to take better care of my mind yeah um and so i've been doing i've been you know learning spanish i've been reading books i've been doing yoga and uh I remember I so I keep a log. It's I guess like a diary. I don't know if you even knew that. I did not know that. I find yeah. that very intriguing. I've been, I've been since my first bout of an unemployment a couple of years ago. I've been keep I've been doing it. Um, and I kind of went back and I was reading through my log, and there was a very clear point back in January where like I stopped doing yoga and like I'd stopped just like all my like. Any, anything that was like working out my brain i wasn't playing chess and i was just like it just wasn't taking care of my mind so that's kind of been a, a priority for me over this little break wow bout of unemployment so like the spanish and the 10 pages a day yeah and getting back into yoga uh well how yeah. cool is it that you had something like that diary to be able to point and say no that was the point that that was yeah. where it happened like that's a, such a cool thing to have yeah. So were you keeping the diary during the rough time before too? Yeah. I, I have I have uh two years all the way back to you know, like January two thousand eighteen. 
I that is, I, I want to give you some kudos because. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, okay, I think I think the diary is very cool, but here, like, and uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is what I found whenever I've done anything that involves some kind of like logging, whether it be kind of like a journal or or blogging or trying to keep track of my food or trying to keep track of, trying to keep track of anything. Yeah. Um, the times that I'm doing great, I have excellent records of. Yeah. And all the times that I'm doing terrible, suddenly those logs just don't happen. They just mm-hmm. don't appear. <laughs> and so, like, I only know when the bad times were when there's no log entries. That's when it was bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, even, I mean, I'm not perfect with it. There's, like, I'll sure, miss, sure. Uh, there's weeks that are missing. Like, I might go out an entire week and it's kind of under that same notion. It's like, oh, that must have been a really rough week. So I derailed you. What was your point three? Oh, point three um, is I, I truly believe being a full-time parent is a job. Yeah. And by basically any measure, I I have every right to call myself a full-time parent. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the only things that maybe some people would say that I'm not doing full-time parenting is I don't like, I don't really identify as that. Um, I don't feel like my, that like my uh, goal in life is to be there every moment I can as a parent. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I want to be a good parent. I absolutely want to be present in my child's life. I want to do everything. You know, I, I help bring her into the world. I'm going to help make that life for her as best as possible. And that's more important than anything I do. But I still like, I still think of myself as like, I'm a web developer and I like listening to podcasts. Now I like making podcasts. Now I like playing games and I want to do all those things. And now I'm really into fitness. I'm going to do all that stuff. And I identify with that just as much as parenting. But when you look at the hours in the week, the number of hours I have to spend doing nothing but parenting this child, it is absolutely a full-time job. Mm -hmm. So, and I think I do a pretty darn good job of it. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Yeah. So like, yeah, that's like, and actually, uh, when it comes down to thinking about what the future is, Bert and I have had a lot of discussions about um, if I wanted to do that, like I, what we're doing right now, we could just keep doing for the yeah. foreseeable future. It's really however, whenever I don't want to do this anymore, that's when we stop doing it. Nice. Um, I could just keep going to the gym and watching the kid and do like help cook and clean and keep expenses low and be a, you know, be a true home economist and. Uh, that's not a terrible way to live life. And I've thought about it. I genuinely have, um, be a trophy husband is what I say, (laughs) but, uh, I don't know. That's actually more and more. I'm leaning back to like when childcare, when daycares are back open, we probably will do that. And, um, I think I'm going to do some kind of indie development stuff and let's see. Here's the thing, Alex, since I've known you for like a bajillion years, I know that you'll 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 come up with some new project, and that'll be your new thing in a few right. months. Right. <laughs> and I that's have no retort to that. Yeah, that, that is exactly. That's what I do. I, I I don't see myself actually being able to stay settled into being nothing but a dad. Yeah, but enjoy this. That's your project for now, and so you'll yeah. you'll you'll enjoy it, and you'll do great at it. Yeah, I, I actually think I will honestly look back at these times and be like, what an incredible opportunity. And I'm really glad. I think we made all the right choices of like just how many dads get to look back and say, I spent three months doing nothing but caring for my health and caring for my kid. Heck yeah. That's awesome. And I've definitely learned that what something that actually probably has made a decision out of this is 
I have like no intention of just getting a regular full-time job again. Yeah. Um, I had a couple of potential offers like in, in talks when the pandemic got way worse really fast. Um, and just because, I mean, when you're in tech, you're constantly having people trying to recruit you and take you away from your job. It's just that market, um, which sounds like a great thing, but I promise you it's not as great as you think. (laughs) There's all kinds of people that want you to change everything about your life so you can make an extra $4,000. Like that is exactly how everybody thinks it'll work. Like, (laughs) and let me tell you the $4,000 is usually not worth the change, (laughs) but, um, uh, I, I, I have kind of thought like, you know, I, I don't necessarily want that restriction again of what a full-time job would look like because I want my kid to be able to do gymnastics when that stuff is open again. And somebody needs to take her to gymnastics. And I want right. to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and she has learned how to play soccer like overnight. She nice. went from like not being able to kick the ball without falling over to being able to like dribble, keeping the ball right within one foot length as she runs. Like – it's incredible. And there's going to be so many more of those moments in the next few years. And I am lucky enough to have a skill set and a marketplace for that skill set and just enough of a network and connections that I could choose to make less money, spend more time watching her do all that stuff and just enjoy it. And all it's going to take is the power for me to tell my own brain to shut up and say, you know what brain we're doing enough. We're being productive. This is, this is a great set of productivity. So like the practice really then just becomes a not wanting to become rich and instead wanting to just have a great life because everyone else around you is always going to want you to get rich. Except for you. You're a good influence on me, Danny. You just want to play chess. Heck yeah. training your brain about duolingo i want to talk about that a little bit yeah i mean it's just something kind of fun on the side to do um i've always wanted to pick up spanish i mean obviously it's just useful it's very practical uh, did you take that i always i did not take spanish in high school i took oh. latin uh-huh yeah i took latin because that was the fun class all the band kids took latin we were all in Latin club. The teacher was awesome. We would have toga parties. It was, it was a good time. <laughs> that alone and, would be worth it. A high schooler would absolutely choose to do something because of a toga party. It, it was beautiful. Latin was the band nerd's ultimate class. Um, and I, I took it fairly seriously. And the sad thing is I don't remember anything about it. Oh. I even like I even got on the Duolingo for latin and tried doing mm-hmm. some stuff and just woof i i barely remember anything and oh, i took unfortunate i took two maybe three years of it i don't know i was i was hardcore into latin though but you're doing it too right you're doing some duolingo yeah yeah i i had done a chunk of it i mean i didn't get very far but i i had started it up a couple of years ago and amber and i were both doing it um, and I think I got too into it too fast and she didn't want to like try to keep up with me or compete with me. And so she found it easier just to stop doing it. 
but occasionally she would see me doing the the lessons and kind of like join in join in with my lessons. Um, yeah. And that still happens now too. I think she she likes that I'm doing it more than she wants to do it. <laughs> but um, yeah, and so I I didn't do it for a couple of years. But then when you told me you were doing it, at first I was like I did that. I, I eventually got bored with it and I stopped. But then you were still doing it. I'm like oh well, I guess. Maybe I can be one of the cool kids again too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, my story, my story is similar. Like the only reason I got on Duolingo to do it is because my mommy was doing it. Oh, yes. I follow your mom on Duolingo now. Yeah, and she's real competitive about it. Like I take it like lackadaisical, and I like if I feel like doing it, I'll do it. I try to keep my streak going, but if I only do like one little, like, I was about to say, don't you have day, like a fifty-something day streak? Yeah, I'm getting pretty close to the two monther now, but. Like, I'll do, it only takes, like, five minutes to do enough where it'll keep your streak going. Yeah, so, it, it's like, not much at all. Yeah. So, I'll spend five minutes a day, bare minimal. Some days I'll spend, like, 20 or 30 minutes doing it. I'm going to ask usually... you a personal question. Are you ready yeah. for the personal question? You do it on the toilet, don't you? I don't do. You? <laughs> <laughs> not exclusively, but... You it. know, sometimes most of the t- most of the toilet time is for chess, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Rest assured, when I'm losing on chess.com, I'm losing to someone on the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, oh, that's so funny. I I mostly do it when I'm walking the dog. It's that's actually mm. kind of become my cue. I, I think I've like Pavlovianly res- like connected the two now. Because I'll often, I often like would put on my headphones to walk the dog because I'd listen to podcasts. Of course. But like now, my routine has been like I go get my headphones, I put them in, and I start listening to a podcast while I'm putting the leash on the dog and everything. I open the door, I get out there, we get past my sidewalk, we're into the yard, and then I go, oh yeah, Duolingo. And I turn off the podcast and I start Duolingo. <laughs> and that happens every single time. There, there's not, so I listen to like 15 seconds of a podcast every single time. <laughs> That's too funny. Yep. I don't have a routine built in with it, oddly enough, even though I'm almost, I've been doing it for two months. And it's, usually I just, I if I forget to do it for a day, you know, you get the notification and mm-hmm. you spend your five minutes and you do it. Mm-hmm. Do you ever do it on the computer as well? No, I, just, I do it exclusively on my phone. I would encourage you to check it out on the computer. Um, So the thing I have... I had forgotten about Duolingo between when I did it a couple of years ago and now was how like when you're on your phone and you're doing the exercises, there's never like that pre lesson lecture that you would think sure. it could, like associate with like a high school language class. Yeah, you just, you throw, you sink or swim, you get thrown in. Yeah. yeah. But it's really cool. Like th- I think they do a very good job of giving you all the context clues that you figure sure. out what the word means and, yeah, it's it's a very it's very intuitive. It's very I like it. I like the program a lot. But I say all that to say that if there's ever a moment like what I've had a couple times when I'm like, I just wish somebody would tell me what is going on with how do the plurals work. I just <laughs> want to know how the plurals work. <laughs> like, give me the high school lecture because I'm missing all those questions. <laughs> <laughs> and there is some modicum of that on the desktop version if you go in your right. browser. Yeah. So See, that's why I think I need that for Latin when I'm trying to get back in touch with my Latin side. So maybe maybe that'll get me on the desktop. There you go. 
But then there are some parts that I think are genuinely better on the phone. So like, you to, I think it's just worth doing both. Sure. The phone definitely has a better job of like quickly start practicing, go <laughs> and like hit the practice button, and then you're, just, you're then you, you're right in there. Yep. The desktop you have to like do through like seven clicks before you're just doing anything. No, no. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta log in, and there's screens, and there's buttons, and there's tabs. Blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> Web developers, right? Jeez. Everything should be apps. The future's apps. I'm being sarcastic. Obviously. <laughs> Please, someone buy my web software. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Well, I'm glad that you're enjoying the Duolingo. I'm enjoying it as well. Yeah. I do think they should offer you more things to buy with all those lingots. I, I recently... Is that what the little gym things are called? Yeah. I recently, there's like, in the Spanish one, there's a, uh, you can unlock a flirting lesson. I recently unlocked that. And it was, it's amazing. It was everything I expected more. (laughs) That's pretty awesome. um, I am currently learning how to flirt in Spanish. So, uh, next, next week, Alex, I'll, I'll open up with a, a nice little line for you. This could be a boon to your love life. Indeed. Maybe that's been your problem. You've been gone. (laughs) You need to be bilingual this whole time. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not jump down that rabbit hole. Okay. You don't have a problem. I don't mean to accuse. You're you're fine. Thanks, Alex. Well, I mostly just use the lingots to buy the outfits for Duo. <laughs> That's funny. But I'm out of outfits. Is there no flirting in Swedish? Not that I've seen. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's disappointing. I think the Swe- there were, I saw a forum conversation where some people were complaining about like the lack of updates to the Swedish curriculum. <laughs> and I was like, what's there to update? How much has changed in the <laughs> Swedish language in the last couple of years? So I th- but I think people are probably referring to that kind of thing where there's – Well, like, and I will say I don't know if you've messed around in anything besides your Swedish one. Mm-hmm, just Swedish. But there is definitely a much higher production quality in the Spanish one than there is in the Latin one. Oh, really? It's like the quality of voices, the, I don't know, just everything about it seems a lot better in the Spanish one. And you could tell they put a lot of effort into the Spanish one. So I'm going to take pride in my choice of Swedish, though. One, <laughs> one might say that like if i want the full dueling with me i should like switch back to french because i took french in high school and it was yeah. a terrible choice and i'm never going to do it again but <laughs> you're not going to go back to high school for french <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>